0: to bird's eye view when it comes to the orioles this weekly podcast is your official source for a lack of insight and for baseless opinions today is may 8th 2023 and this is episode 363 my name is jake english and i'm scott magnus and on this week's show we'll lose our minds over losing to some of baseball's best teams we'll also ask how the spotlight feels and we'll do all that right after we lubricate
1: the show that's right it's time for the drink of the week scott magnus what is your drink of the week Uh, i am drinking a loose cannon ipa actually there is a bottle cap on this so can you please go ahead and take care of that for me um a beverage i think both of us are very familiar with this given time um yeah this was actually your baseball beer right absolutely all right oh boy what a beer! oh boy
0: what a beer i myself am drinking a Michelob ultra this evening i have beg your pardon i am drinking a Michelob ultra okay a a a wet beer not a wheat beer. No, no, no. It's wet. It's wet. It's it's most redeeming quality is its moistness. Mm. Okay, I did uh, drop a lime in there because it's wet.
1: Why do you keep doing this to yourself? It's wet. Okay. <laughs>
0: If you'd like to see what we're drinking on a daily, weekly, or hourly basis here in baseball season, you can find us on Untapped. I'm at JakeE4025.
1: I'm at MEGN8606. With that, it's time for a checkup.
0: to jinx anything mm-hmm. but the medical wing has been pretty uninteresting this season good yeah yeah uh, michael gibbons and dylan tate are still down there doing the thing trying to get ready
1: and that's it it sounds like one has gone to Bowie and one's going to norfolk now so they they're progressing looks like michael gibbons is doing okay looks like dylan tate's doing okay okay yeah, yeah.
0: i mean i'll i'll take it i I'm interested to see what happens when they come up. I, I, feel like, I feel like the bullpen is a revolving door at this point. Yeah. And it may be difficult to decide who gets voted off the island. I don't think so. All right, who gets voted off the island? I'm putting C.N.L. Perez on the island. Are you really? Yeah. Do you think that C.N.L. Perez is being bitten more from an aspect of the fact that he is simply... Unable to recreate what he did last year, or do you think that he is a victim of the pitch clock? Mm, probably pitch
1: clock more. in my opinion, really, yeah.
0: Because I am starting to think that he simply caught lightning in a bottle. That's possible. Last year, it's yeah, possible. And, and and you know, I think that in his career, you know, he'll he'll if we if the Orioles DFA him, he'll be picked up by somebody. And oh yeah. Will, he will be
1: better than he is now. He's not gonna get the Joey Crable treatment where he's outrighted directly to Norfolk. Right. Yeah. someone will pick him up thinking they can recreate lightning in a bottle. But I, I feel like CNL Prez is on the short leash is the best way to put it.
0: Alright, well that's one. Who's the other one then? Keegan Aiken, maybe? I don't know. Okay. Michael I, Ballman, maybe. Okay, so I have questions about yeah. Ballman. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold that, but if if we get to I don't know, second base, and we haven't talked about Michael
1: Bauman yet. You want to talk about stretching out a little bit? Give me a wig. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about stretching out a little bit. Um, But, yeah, I mean, nothing really else big going on from an injury standpoint. You know, just, you know, we'll we'll get into a little bit of the bullpen uh, standpoint a little bit later on. Um, But let's go to 280 characters or less this week on the the Twitters. All right, so our first tweet comes from, I know this guy, uh, Kevin Brown uh, you know, color commentator slash play-by-play play slash everything for the Baltimore Orioles. Um, tweets follows. These at Orioles are hilarious, ridiculously insane, phenomenally fun. But also, our Mastin Orioles crew crushed it tonight. Discovered this shot stuck with it. Found a bunch of amazing looks after everything was awesome. This was the video of you know, obviously uh, James McCann hitting a double um, and everyone wanting to do the sprinkler celebration um but obviously it's under challenge review um so everyone has to hold the water in their mouth for a prolonged period of time um jake what did you think about this whole kind of exchange for two minutes um and and how, any critiques any things that you want to say about it of course okay scott we're trying to speed this game up <laughs> it's true
0: we don't have time for the shenanigans that's true it's not just the fact that we've got to get the next play on It's not just that we have to get baseball games in quicker. It's not just that less baseball is better. I'm worried about these guys' health, Scott. They could have choked. These guys could have gotten hurt. There could have been an insurance claim. Frankly, it's irresponsible. We have got to speed this game up.
1: This is the kind of stuff that happens when you uh, drink water from a hose too often.
0: I think this is what happens. Won't someone think of the children? When baseball is fun. This is what happens when baseball is allowed to be fun.
1: Yeah, I mean, it looks like uh, the guys, especially Kyle Gibson, is having a great time. Um, So, yeah, like I said, uh, love to see this and love the antics. We have
0: had so little joy in Mudville for so long that I'm just eating this stuff up. I'm simply eating it up.
1: All right. Next tweet uh, comes from, oh, one of our favorites, Matt Kremenitzer. It's the
0: Matt Kremenitzer corner
1: of this week on the Twitters. Exactly. I thought we retired him from this week on the Twitters because it's just so good. Never, never. Uh, and this comes from uh, Sunday's ball game. Uh, clearly, Hyde's fault for not using Perez longer yesterday, so that he wasn't available today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. It's a strategy issue. It's and a that's strategy. strategy issue. Yeah, we'll get into strategy issues with the bullpen a little bit later. Um, but yeah, there was a, a lot of Orioles fans not happy with uh, bullpen management uh, over the weekend. Oh, it, I didn't. I didn't. Did notice. you know that? No. Oh, imagine that. Um, next tweet, Jake. Um, this is a good one, and it kind of raises a question to me. Uh, This one comes from Ben Crew, at Benjamin Crew One. Casablanca works so well because it's about a love triangle, but there's also a fourth guy who would sleep with everyone in that love triangle, and he's constantly saying some of the greatest lines in movie history. So, Jake, I have a question for you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Which one do you you think he wants to sleep with the most?
0: Wrong question. Okay. It's a question about order and not about magnitude. Okay. And, uh, frankly, I think it's a tie.
1: It's a tie? So there's a threesome?
0: Divorce them, all of them, all so, at once. It's, it's the only way the math works. Frankly, Scott, I'm shocked. Shocked, shocked to find Casablanca references on this
1: podcast. Shocked, shocked, shocked. Sure, sir, your money. Oh, thank You're winning. You very much. <laughs> all right. Um, and next week comes from um, well, a Orioles celebrity. Uh, this comes from um, AJ Rodriguez at Little Man Seventeen. I mean, honorary member of Birdland at this point. Honorary, yeah. And it's, in one week, I'll be in Baltimore. Uh, And for those that don't know who E.J. Rodriguez, it's Cedric Mullins. It's Cedric Mullins. Dude, I can't escape him. I can't escape him. So if you see him hanging out in Baltimore, hanging out at Oriole Park, go over, buy him a drink, and say thanks for the memories. All right. Last up on This Week in the Twitter, I'm going to kind of cue this off, and then I'm going to let Jake do what I do during The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly and uh, speak last. Uh, And this comes from Beckett at 410Beck. And it is the leaked Orioles City Connect jerseys, Um, proudly displayed out on a table, you know, going through packaging. So, Jake, the floor is yours. I'm going to say first.
0: (laughs) I'm going to say comfortable, everybody, (laughs) that I don't think there was any way that they could have hit a home run with this. I think that holding a design secret for so long, we knew it was coming. We knew it was out there. We wondered what it was going to be like. There was no way they were going to be able to satisfy people. So they were just starting Starting behind the eight ball, and when I say by the behind the eight ball, I mean that ball that's mostly black and has a little bit of white trim on him, but it's so boring and uninteresting to look at that it doesn't really stand out that well amongst the other multicolored balls on the table. You see what I'm doing there? Mm-hmm. See, see, we're picking up what I'm dropping now. Um, if this is the jersey now. What can we what can we see from the jersey? There's a little bit of color trim that looks like it's going to match the hosiery, which has previously been leaked. That's a yep. colorful map of the neighborhoods of the city. Mm-hmm. An okay concept, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and maybe the hat will be colorful, I guess. But you can also look at the bottom right hand corner and see the the Baltimore B mm-hmm. that I expect to probably be on the cap mm-hmm. uh, with this jersey. The the real question to me is, you know, will they have uh, black pants to match? Mm. Because you've seen that in some of the city. Sure. Will it be garishly beautiful orange? Mm -hmm. Probably not. Probably not. Probably be white or black.
1: Yeah.
0: I I just think it's boring.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's just boring. Uh, I think the hosiery is pretty nice. I mean, I'm going to give that some props. Um, I do think the B cap is going to be pretty fire. Um, But yeah, the the jersey is, is pretty weak sauce.
0: Yeah, yeah, I just, um, yeah, I, again, I, I will admit openly. Yeah, they, they had set themselves up in a, a position where I don't think they could, they could have won.
1: Yeah, I mean, this just goes to show that, um, you know, with this Baltimore jersey, uh, the sun will never set on the British Empire's jersey claim. <laughs> All right, well, that is it for this week on the Twitters. Uh, Let's go ahead and take a quick break, um, and we'll go around the bases and uh, try to make sense of this ridiculously hard schedule that is on us at this time.
0: That's right. It's time to go around the bases. Let's start at first base. And we're calling this one the hard part. Scott, you teed it up before the break. The Orioles have reached the difficult part of their schedule, having played three games in Kansas City. Whew, those were squeakers now. Yeah. Uh, but three games in Atlanta, and then the first of three uh, that they played against Tampa Bay, they, they dropped tonight. And so let's just start with Atlanta and talk about what we saw. Scotty, it was a... a series that had winnable games Mm -hmm. it had it you know it was a negative outcome right uh but i was enthused by what i saw seeing that the orioles could hang with one of the best teams in
1: baseball you know normally we don't get to the hardest part until it stongs after dark but uh you're absolutely right we are in may we're on the east coast and we are at the hardest part of uh of the baseball season um but yeah you're right i mean there was you know watching friday night's game um seeing the Orioles do as well as they did um and then coming out on Saturday and kind of going back and forth through the entire game um and then just not being able to pull it out at the very end it it stinks and then you know Sunday's game it was you know again a really close game um you know back and forth and the Orioles had a chance to win it um and just came up a wild pitch short um there's the best way to put it so you know, I, I look at it and everyone kept saying, you know, well, the Orioles should have swept that series. And I'm not sure if I would have said that. Um, I, I think that, you know, the Orioles had a chance to take two games there. Um, it just didn't work out. And you just shrug your shoulders and say you were on the road. Um, not great, but you just you know, chalk it up and say that's a really good Atlanta team. But you took them toe-to-toe for the entire series.
0: Yeah, I, and forgive me. I know there were no moral victories in sports, particularly when you, when you <laughs> care about them, right? In previous seasons, you could try for moral victories. But frankly, I've been watching the Orioles so much recently, where they are just completely outclassed. They get run out of the gym. It's embarrassing to have their flaws exposed against teams like Atlanta. And I got to be honest, if you're an Atlanta Braves fan, you feel like you escaped that Orioles series. Mm-hmm. You didn't just win it; you got out by the skin of your teeth.
1: I mean, I think both fan bases are like those were two. Those are three really well played games. Yeah. Um, so I think you just you just chalk it up and say. You know, the regular season is extremely long stretch of games. And I think you turn your attention now to the Tampa Bay series as an Orioles fan. And you say, what do we have to do to at least keep it competitive in the American League East?
0: Well, I mean, the gauntlet is here, right? Tampa Bay is upon us. We lost that first game tonight. We'll talk a little bit about that in just a second. But I would like to point something out. Mm -hmm. This is not me with rose-colored glasses. I said at the beginning of May, if we were to go
1: 500 in May, sure, it's a coup, right? Yeah. It's a steal. And and I don't understand why we wouldn't say this. This is, I mean, we said before, we want to go really good through April. And then we want to have, you know, middle of the road, 500 baseball. And it's like everyone's lost their mind on this basis. And it's like, hey, we want to play 600 baseball.
0: and And let's look at it. I mean... You had the Kansas City uh, series from which we... Plus one, right? Re- plus one. Okay. We got to Atlanta, minus one.
1: Okay, so we're at 500. Back to
0: 500. From here on out, we've got Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, Los Angeles, Toronto, uh, New York, the Yankees,
1: Texas, and Cleveland. All right, so let's think about this recently. Like in this Tampa Bay series, the Orioles lost tonight. Mm-hmm. Um they've got to win at least one game in this series in my opinion. Yeah, and and
0: frankly, if you can if you can salvage a game out of the Tampa series, the Toronto series, and the Yankees series, right? If you can steal a series out of Pittsburgh, out of Texas, and out of Cleveland and split with with the uh, Angels. That's a 500 may sure and, and i mean you know, plus or minus somewhere plus or minus here you know.
1: yeah exactly case, i mean you look at the yankees right now and the yankees are trotting out a triple a lineup um mm-hmm. but the yankees almost beat the rays this weekend um they managed to blow the game on sunday um but the yankees came really close to basically taking two out of three from the from the rays with what i would call a triple a lineup at this moment um so you're absolutely right i mean and even the aspect of pittsburgh for example pittsburgh Um, Started off very strong, just like the Orioles, and has started to falter. And I think that's what people's concern are, is the standpoint of, you know, the Orioles had such a good April. Are they going to falter like Pittsburgh is and start not not just losing series, but getting swept in the process? As we finish up this Monday broadcast, the Orioles have lost three in a row now for the first time this season. But again, Jake, I'll point back to what you just said. We lost our first three games in a row for the first time in the season. It is now May 8th. It's going to happen like it sinks and this is why baseball stinks sometimes, but it happens. So I'm with you. Like I look at this and I say to myself, the Orioles just kind of need to hang in there through May, um, you know, maybe not destroy their entire bullpen um, and 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 get back into good graces with a little bit of a weaker schedule at a later point. But. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, if it were me, I'd be trying to go for more like 520. But again, if they came at 500, we talked about this before. The Orioles went 500 um, after their April schedule. They would finish with, I think, 87 wins. Yeah. Probably good enough for a playoff spot, probably. But again, I, I think that's what people need to be thinking about is like over a long season, a 500 month is not going to kill you right and and they couldn't play 600 baseball forever and neither are the rays going to play 800 baseball let's let's be candid um the rays are playing really good right now but again i've watched the rays play tonight and i was left with the aspect of like excellent pitching just like the Rays have always had this is nothing new this is like a classic Rays pitching team but you know offensively i was just like all right like it's a good team offensively but it's not a world beater team um on that basis so I will get into this a little bit yeah. later, but you know, the Orioles perhaps not playing their
0: Christmas baseball right now. Oh, not at all. And even in their, I, I would say, you know, not firing on all cylinders, still we're not running out of the gym, right? With, right. with the best team in baseball. With the
1: best team in baseball, yeah. So, so.
0: I, I would say this is the hard part, guys. It's supposed to be hard. Yeah. It's the hard that makes it great. We've been waiting for losses to hurt. We've been waiting for games that matter. We're playing meaningful games in May.
1: Sometimes you lose and it sucks. So you like, uh, you like how hard it is because it hurts you.
0: You know, I think I'm going to take this to second base. Second base. Are we still
1: talking about Dongs After Dark, or maybe mm-hmm. uh, we'll see. Uh,
0: second base. We're calling Perception and Reality. Scotty, the bullpen management has been a topic of concern. And so I, I would like to ask how legitimate the issue is in reality rather than the perception. Um, and I think you have to ask yourself, you know, how much of this is the performance of the bullpen and how much of this is the levers being pulled by the manager? So let me, let me put you on the spot. I mean, where do you fall on the, the great um, lynch
1: mob debate of the 2023 season? For bullpen management... Um, I think my biggest like weirdness standpoint with the bullpen management is Hyde continues to do this thing where he in essence wants his relief pitcher to come out and get one out mm. at the beginning of an inning and then he immediately pulls them. It's just weird to me and I understand why he's trying to do it because he's trying to stretch everyone out to basically like try to give me one more out, try to give me one more out. But I don't know if I like it because oftentimes like that person that has to come in and they just have to get one hitter. If they don't, then it's like, all right, well, you're inheriting a runner at this point. I'd rather just kind of just say, it's your inning, best of luck with it. So it's the only thing I really don't like. I don't really mind the standpoint of what Hyde has been doing as it relates to resting people and stuff like that. Um, there is one individual that I think we were talking about earlier that I'd like to talk about from a bullpen management standpoint. Do it. And you alluded to him. That's Mike Bauman. Mike Bauman. So that's the one that just... Kind of baffles me to this point. Like he continues to use Mike Bauman in one inning situations, and I'm like, Bauman should be able to give you two innings. Like former starter right. Mike Bauman. Yeah. So I, I I don't understand like how you can go to Keegan Aiken or how you can go to Voss all the time and say give me two innings,
0: but you can never go to Bauman and ask for multiple innings, especially when the especially when the bullpen's short. Yeah. Especially when you have guys who are unavailable because of overuse. It would seem to me that especially after turning a clean inning mm-hmm. you can't give him the ball and say here you go kid. Now, of course, and you know, we'll we'll say this constantly, we don't have all the information. One of the things I wonder about with Bauman is you know, is he able to turn up the velocity and the intensity and all that kind of good stuff in one inning? And is the reason that he's a failed starter the fact that you know, the deeper into a lineup he goes, the more trouble he gets into. I don't know. Maybe. But that is, that to me is the biggest puzzle that I can't solve as far as Hyde's bullpen management this this season is the guys who can go multiple innings should yeah. when you're up against short starts.
1: Yeah, that's that's the only thing so far from a bullpen management standpoint that somewhat bothers me to date is the best way to put it. Um
0: Outside of that, I'll just say it. I see a lot of Monday morning quarterbacking. Yeah. And the other thing is that, Scotty, I whine about a lot.
1: Um, All the time. That might be the understatement of this podcast.
0: And on Orioles Twitter, you know, I act out with the best of them, right? Mm -hmm. But there are two things that I'll say. The first is that with the rest of my social media presence, I don't really expect to be taken seriously. Right. And the second thing is that after the moment is over, I've turned the page. Sure. And I've noticed that there are some folks out there on Orioles Twitter who, like, have a have a closet full of crusades. Sure. And this is just the one that they're on. Do you
1: think that's just you being old now, though?
0: No, I think it's the fact that we are not a fan base accustomed to games mattering.
1: Uh, that's, that's a possibility. I'm just thinking back to—I mean, I can think of many times back, and we'll call it 2012, 2013, 2014, where we were—, were very much living with our emotions, sometimes on our sleeves.
0: Uh, no, I I think this is a fan base that is used to being checked out mm-hmm. and only coming in every once in a while.
1: Oh, so they like Ravens
0: fans. That's <laughs> the best thing I can figure. Yeah, a- and so I will I will make a plea, like guys, don't make this not fun. Yeah, and so if if you're out there and you're wondering, like, w- what is the solution to all this? I mean, I, I would say I would say two things. Turn the page. <laughs> yeah, well, yes, I would say three things First is is turn the page The second is, you know, if there, there, there are folks out there You know, the mute button exists for a reason mm-hmm. That's a great feature You know, if there if there's If there's a, a topic you are just exhausted on Mute yep. it uh, And then the next thing I would say is that Remember, Orioles Twitter is like any other community You know, there's a social contract in place yep. Don't be a jerk that's all we ask.
1: Don't be a jerk. Yeah. Orioles Twitter's list like any other place. You can get a gun without pretty much any restrictions. <laughs> Let me go back, though, in, in all
0: fairness, because I, I don't think it, it's it's necessarily fair for me to uh, strawman folks on this podcast. Let me go back to the original crux of the issue, which is Brandon Hyde, mm-hmm. right? There, there are folks out there on Orioles Twitter who just think that he is mismanaging the bullpen grossly and the team should be playing 800 ball instead of 600 ball. And he's the reason why. Yep. Let's talk about Brandon Hyde. A to F. How would you rate his performance this season?
1: B. Okay. I wouldn't say it's like great, but I also wouldn't say it's terrible. I would say it's kind of middle of the road. And I, I think overall, if I were to look at Brandon Hyde's managerial journey through this whole situation, He'd he'd be like one of those kids that you basically put the my kids on the honor roll, like bumper stick on the back of a car. But that's about as good as you could say. It's like, well, he's on the honor roll and I got the bumper sticker, but that's about as good as I can say about Brandon Hyde. So
0: I, I agree. I would call it like a B, B minus. Yeah. Um, would you put a Brandon Hyde bumper sticker on your car? I wouldn't. Okay. I wouldn't, but I'm not a big bumper sticker kind of guy. That's true. So let me ask you this question. Yeah. If we agree that we think that Brandon Hyde is... Okay, pretty, pretty okay, pretty okay, right? Yeah. No, nothing to write home about, yeah. but nothing to write nasty notes about either. Right? Um, if we think that he's only pretty okay, how good a manager do you think a team coming out of a rebuild like that? How good a manager do you think we could
1: have? That sounds about Brandon Hines Sounds seems seems about right to me.
0: Yeah, he it, that does seem right to me, and and so I guess the real question is, who
1: else would you want?
0: Well, that's the thing. I, I think that. I think that some of the problem is that we were spoiled with Buck Showalter. Yeah, because of the personality. Right. A man who's on-the-field decision-making was often given a
1: pass because of the personality. I, I still think, you know, I, 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 well, everyone's always going to come back to that 2016 season. I still think Buck was an exceptional bullpen manager through most seasons up into that 2016 <laughs> game, which... <laughs> I still don't understand what was going through his head, but again, you, you take a look at like when probability added, specifically during the Showalter era, specifically relief pitchers, and he did such a nice job with, you know, um, handling them, um, you know, in essence, not getting them up in the pen without using them. So, I'm I, sorry, what? Dry humping them? Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so… I still think Buck is a better manager, sure, and hands down. So I think that's the case. Like I'd still put Buck into a an A minus, you know, plus category. Um, I think Brandon Hyde is fine. I don't think he's great. I think he fits really well with the front office. Let me ask you this:
0: Do you think that Brandon Hyde can grow and progress to be the kind of manager that a winning Orioles club
1: needs? This comes back to the question, which is how important is a manager? And I think we said during the buckle up birds era that absolutely it's important for that team to have a really strong personality manager in order to change culture. And at this point and looking around Major League Baseball, I'm not really sure how big of a deal a manager truly is. So are you saying he's a Muppet? I'm not saying he's a Muppet. A Muppet of a manager? But I might be saying he's a Muppet of a manager. So, I don't know. Like I guess it. I think he's fine. I think the Orioles can win. I think the Orioles can get to the playoffs with him. Um, I, I honestly don't think a manager is that big of a deal. I, I will say this.
0: He makes moves that occasionally perplex me. Sure. We, we've talked about it. He is not. But, but to be fair, you make moves that perplex your wife as it's well. True. So it's, it's very true. <laughs> I'm a very poor manager at home. I, I think that I'm at the point where I expect plays to be made by the players. And so, when the manager makes the call, even even when I think they're st- stupid, I still feel like we have the caliber of players that needs to be able to execute. Sure. And so, when bad things happen, I find myself disappointed with the outcomes, mm-hmm. disappointed with the, the fact that the player was not able to execute and less upset with the decision that the manager makes because being upset with the manager forces one to go through the mental gymnastics of saying, well, if he didn't choose this and had chosen the other one, the outcome would have been different. And you just,
1: you just can't do that.
0: Yeah. You can't do that. Now, again, I'm going to, I'm going to whine. I'm going to sure. say that from time to time. Yeah. Because
1: you're a fan you're allowed to
0: do that. Right. But I don't expect to be taken seriously Correct. because it's not a serious right a, a, and and legit complaint.
1: Yeah. All right. So that's
0: second base.
1: Let's uh, by the way, um, we did it. By the way, what did we do? We jinxed it. Who? There was an injury this evening. Oh no! Uh, so uh, coming out of the post game conference on a Monday evening, Ramon Urias has a hamstring strain oh. at this given moment.
0: Scotty, what did we do? Yeah. I wish, Mm -hmm. I wish that the Orioles were well positioned to overcome the loss of an (laughs) infielder. If, if only, (laughs) We were able to dig into the depths of our, just scrape at the bottom of the bucket of our of our system and bring up somebody All right. who has the opportunity. All right.
1: I, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. All right. So let me ask you this question. That sucks, though. I mean. It does stink. It's it's not good, is the best way to put it, because I'll, I'll say this much. Urias obviously hasn't been doing great at the plate, but again, defensively, he's been absolutely amazing so far this season once again.
0: I trust Ramon Urias. Sure. Even when, when he comes up to the plate, when he comes up to the plate as a pinch hitter,
1: I trust Ramon Urias. I, I, I'm, I'm not arguing this, and I actually agree with this. But let me ask you this question: If Urias does hit the IL, which I'm assuming, with a hamstring sure. standpoint, he's going to hit the IL. Are you bringing up Ortiz, or are you bringing up Jordan Westberg? I think you bring up Ortiz. Okay.
0: Yeah, I, I think you do. Uh, one because he's already it, the it's already been burned, yeah. you know. Uh, second, because he did well. Now, they, they may have matchup discussions and all that
1: kind of good stuff. But, yeah, for me, it would be Ortiz. Okay, I, I agree that I'd be bringing up Ortiz as well. Um, I think Ortiz maybe has slightly better glove than Westberg, too, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, I'd probably be bringing up Ortiz as well. Um, Ortiz actually would not technically be available just yet. But because of an injury, he can come up on this basis. But I just wanted to feel you out. I mean, Westberg has not come up yet. Um, I think he'd have to be added to the 40-man roster as well. Uh, I can check on that while we're talking. Um, but, yeah, I would probably pick Ortiz as well. But I just wanted to to gain your opinion. Um, you know, yeah, we shouldn't really make this opinion. BSL The Verge, you know, just go listen to them. Let them make the decision. Um, we also shouldn't say anything positive during the medical wing. That's that's an excellent point. We we should know better. So let's go to third
0: base. Let, be careful with that hammy. round in second. All right. Go gingerly into third base. So just rub some bingay on it. At third base, I would like to talk about media coverage. Sure. Couple of things I want to discuss. Yeah. First is that the Orioles were on national television. Yeah. During this Atlanta series. Second thing though is that I was at I was in Ocean City this weekend had a wedding to go to. <sighs> that was a whole nother thing. Um. But the Oriole game was difficult to get on the Orioles radio network coming up through mm-hmm. Delaware up and around. And so I listened to the ball game on Sirius XM Radio, which sure. means that I was at least. Seven innings behind. Right, exactly. Uh, But the Orioles feed was not available, Mm. at least on the the car radio, I'm sure it was there in the app. So I listened
1: to a few innings of the Atlanta broadcast. Oh, really? And I got to tell you, they were great. Like, great in terms of, like, content or, like, Orioles talk or what?
0: The presentation was really neutral.
1: Mm. The
0: presentation was really neutral. They... The, the two announcers, and, and it was mostly the play-by-play guy with very, very little interjection from the, the color commentary. But the Atlanta broadcast, like, it was clear that the home team was Atlanta because they would use first names and things like that. But it wasn't, you know, rah-rah, and it so wasn't—
1: What you're telling me is the Catholic Charities of Baltimore right, would not was, have approved of this. There was no this.
0: Jim Hunter. But, you know, the same amount of research that goes into any other broadcast was done. But the presentation of it was— Actually, very enjoyable from right. an out of town perspective. I I was really really impressed. I, I don't know that uh, I don't know that there was a ton of personality in the booth. Yeah, and I will say that I think that the Orioles have been have a long history of being blessed by personality sure. in the in the radio, playful and the banter booth. I think it's still that way. I actually think that the stable of announcers is
1: yeah, great. I, I think that you know Jeff and Brett have done a nice job in terms of playing off each other. Um, yeah. You know, starting off and doing a podcast, and then in essence, you know, getting to do play by play is the most way to put it. So,
0: and and they're not even my my favorite, you know, pairing. But who is your favorite pairing still, right now on radio? Uh, I I really like, um, I mean, I I really like Kevin and and Melanie Newman together. Okay. Um, Does yeah. Kevin do radio that often anymore? Not not very often. Okay, I didn't but think so. I mean, of the stable, that's that's yeah. the preference. But but uh, again, I think the Orioles are gifted in that department. These guys were not so much. It was very matter of fact, but but incredibly complimentary of the Orioles. Um, it was just a it was a really good presentation. Sure, so tip of the cap to to the Atlanta broadcasters. All right, so you got to listen at to them
1: on the Friday drive down to Ocean City. No,
0: this was Sunday on all. Oh, the way up.
1: this is Sunday on the way up. So this you missed the the Peacock coverage, is what you're telling me. Well,
0: I got home in time to see some oh, of the, the Peacock, peacock coverage, coverage uh, which you know I thought was was fine. I was really glad that here we were on, you know, national television and we weren't an embarrassment. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I'm I'm so used to them just falling apart and, you know, the the failures of the Orioles just being bare for all to see. And instead, I mean my favorite was, you know, they went to commercial break and they played Orioles Magic. Yes. Like the Orioles are are a, a team in baseball again. And it felt like It hadn't been that way in a long time.
1: So did you enjoy the national broadcast?
0: From what I saw on Peacock, sure. I watched um, the Fox presentation muted Mm -hmm. uh, because of the wedding. So I didn't really experience much of that. I mean, was the Fox broadcast okay?
1: It was okay. I mean, I think it's always, you know, a little bit of, you know... I really enjoyed the Peacock broadcast just of listening to Ben McDonald on a national broadcast talking up the Orioles.
0: Well, how smart is it to have a play-by-play
1: guy and then two
0: color commentators who are familiar with the teams playing? That's just good.
1: I I, I did like that aspect. So the Fox one wasn't bad. I was—the one thing that kind of struck me, though, watching watching the broadcast from the national standpoint, is how much better the national television cameras were than the mass and cameras were. Are you telling me that they weren't using the all-new MassNAP? They may not have been. But I just felt like it was a different kind of... It doesn't even make sense because it's like my TV is, you know, 1080p. Everything is 1080p, but just it just seemed a lot crisper. I don't know what that, if that... Maybe it was just me, my perception, but that's just the vision, the, the vibe I got. You know, maybe it's that
0: the Orioles don't play in high definition.
1: Um, well, based off of, um, you know, home plate where we're going next... They certainly haven't been playing high definition with runners in scoring position.
0: All right, let's do it. Let's slide into home. What is the risk problem all of a sudden? Is this this a, a weird timing thing that's bound to happen during the season? Is this players pressing because here we are in the difficult portion? Is this them struggling with success? Or is this the fact that they're
1: regressing? I, I think this is part of the standpoint of, like, if you look at the top of the order right now, um, the top of the order is really not hitting. I think there was a stat that came out tonight that Adley Rutschman is 0 for 18 at this point. Um, I, I think—I I w- won't say that they're regressing, but I do think that the early part of the season, the Orioles were probably doing a little bit more hitting than I was expecting. I think they're fourth right now in, Mer- in, in Major League Baseball in terms of runs scored per game. I'm not saying the Orioles are not going to have a good offense, but I do think that's a little— over of what I was expecting them to be. Um, so, un- unfortunately, I think this is a matter where I don't think the Orioles' offense is quite as good as it was in April. Um, I think it's going to come back down to earth a little bit in in May. Um, but also, they're running into some really good pitching. I mean, let's look at that that Braves series. They ran into great pitching. The Rays series, they're going to run against great pitching. I mean, we're just not going to score the amount of runs like we saw in, in previous series. So, it's both. It's the aspect of it's good pitching and it's you're slumping a little bit at probably the wrong time. Um, sure. And the worst part of it is, well, I don't know if it's the worst thing, but it kind of makes it frustrating is if your pitching is doing so well and keeping you in games, you're expecting that aspect. Well, if you just did this, mm. we would win these games. So, um, you know, this comes back to the moral victory standpoint. You're like, well, they're keeping it close. But at the same time, you'd rather have it be close than kind of be blown out. Correct. Sure. Okay. I'm in the same boat. So I think this is just bad timing. I, I mean, I don't think the team is, and I think when the number I came up with today was, I think they are in like two for 29 with runners in scoring positions since Saturday now. Um, that's not going to happen on a long-term basis. Like they're going to basically balance itself out. Um, it stinks. You know, there's a lot of lost opportunities there. But you just chalk it up to say that's three games and then you hopefully they rebound quick enough.
0: I'm not sure how serious the situation this is. I'm not sure if this is something you just shrug off or if this is the type of situation where you decide to dust off and update 50 ways to strand a runner.
1: I think that if it continues on in through the race series, the entire race series, I would ask you to um, go ahead and brush off the vocal cords. Orioles, we
0: need you. Yeah, we need you. All right. Well, that's it. We've made it all the way around the bases. Let's head again. Watch that hamstring gingerly gingerly into the dugout. And when we come back, we'll see who won fantasy boss. Sure. Well, that's weird. Yeah. So, it's not my music.
1: No. It's not your music. No. So, who won Fantasy Boss? Neither. It was a push. What? Again. Okay. This is what happens when you don't hit with runners in scoring position. And uh, nobody had a dong this week. Uh, You pick Mountcastle. I pick Rutschman. And in reality, you know, we should have picked Santander, who had three home runs uh, in this period that we were last talking. So... The score remains four nothing in my favor. Um, so, Jake, uh, you get the category once again this week, um, and uh, let's let's try to pick out something good this week. How is it even possible that you are up four nothing at this point in the season, Scott? So we're gonna go runners, runners, runners in scoring position, batting average. Not quite, not quite, Scotty. We are gonna go with the clutch. Oh, the, the old
0: clutch statistic. The old clutch. And I have to be honest with you, I have no idea how it works. There are letters involved. It's a formula. That's that's fine. It basically has to do with... Uh, Would you like me to decipher this for you really quickly? Please, please
1: do. All right. So clutch is win probability added divided by uh, percent of leverage index minus the total leverage index of the given situation. So in essence, it's looking at the basis of... How much win probability added in a high leverage situation? So if you had a bunch of win probability added in the first or second inning, probably not a high leverage index. But if you have a walk-off home run in the ninth inning, high leverage index, high WPA. So you're going to be clutch is the best way to describe it. So great. you're looking for players that are going to do great in that seventh, eighth, and ninth inning in really close ball games. Not the Chris Davis, um, I hit a home run down 8-1 game. So if you take a look at the clutch
0: rating, basically it goes like this: an average clutch is a zero, yeah, zero point zero. A a just terrible, awful, as FanGraphs puts it, uh, clutch is a negative two, and an excellent mm-hmm. is a is a positive two. Sure, is a, is a positive integer. So, Scotty, I want to know who you think is going to be. The clutchiest of the clutch, or I guess the valedictorian of summer school, depending on which offense shows up for the rest of the week. Who do you think is going to be the most clutch?
1: Yeah, I really don't want to give this name out. But I'm going to go with Adam Frazier.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that sucks. Um,
1: and I'll tell you why. It's the standpoint of Frazier has had a few moments at the end of games. Uh-huh. Um, and he may had the rodid odor uh, charm on him right now from second base, uh, so I'm going to give Adam Fraser my go to for clutch.
0: Okay, this is uh, this is difficult. that was actually my pick. I'm gonna, I'm <laughs> really, I, I think that's. I, think
1: I that's am I part. am summoning my inner Jake English this season and just being like, who is the most ridiculous person I can pick? And and the worst part about
0: all this. <laughs> Is that my second pick was Ramon Urias? <laughs> <laughs> and so at this point,
1: I have no idea what to do well, with this. Well, you can side. go with Ramon Urias. i will just have a zero this week, and I might have a negative. So you could still win. <laughs> that is
0: tempting. I'm going to go in that case. I'm going to go in that case with uh, Jorge Mateo. All right. and And hope that the hand remains hot. But I don't feel good about it. Don't feel to, good about it, it whatsoever. To, this might this might be your uh, your 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 five spot
1: here. Well we will see uh who is clutch this week and who is not clutch this week uh in, in fantasy boss. And with that, uh let's go and figure out who is good, who is bad, and who is ugly.
0: That's right, it's time again for the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm going to go first, as always, because Scott should get the last word with the quality of his rants. My good this week is going to go to Kyle Gibson. I'm I'm really starting to like this pickup. And I'll tell you, sure, he pitches well, and that's great. He, he's really put in some great starts for us. I, I've really appreciated that. But more so, I'm really impressed by, one how great a clubhouse presence Kyle Gibson is, and two, how much that makes him easy to root for. I've really enjoyed having Kyle Gibson be on my team this season, and that's not what I thought was going to be the case when we signed him. I was really disappointed with the fact that that was basically all they did. I I think back very early in the season when he was in a postgame presser, and all he wanted to talk about instead of his great start that night was the previous night, how Tyler Wells had saved the bullpen by going through, I think it was five innings in relief. That's, that's the kind of leadership that you like to see his role in all this water celebrations business. And I don't know if you caught the, uh, the video of him hugging oh, yes. Santander in yeah. the, in the dugout after Santander, you know, pulled himself out of that mire that he was yep. in offensively. It's really easy to root for Kyle
1: Gibson. Absolutely. He's
0: part of what's making Orioles baseball fun. So, that's my good this week.
1: Yeah. And again, we, we talked about it uh, when Jordan Lyles left uh, during this offseason and they picked up Gibson and were like, well, is, you know, you know, Lyles did a great job with a clubhouse management standpoint in terms of, you know, call it raising the kids is the best way to describe it. And Kyle Gibson looks like he's certainly inserted himself right into that role. He is again. part
0: of why I think the team is more than the sum
1: of its parts. so yeah. far. Uh My good for the week is going to go to Anthony Santander. Mm. Um, imagine that, you know, over the past seven games. Uh, he has a 444 average, 483 on base percentage, 267 weighted runs created plus, good for three home runs. Uh, yeah, he would have been a good one uh, to pick for fantasy boss, but nevertheless, glad Ryan Mancoso broke it out, and I'm glad that we picked Ryan uh and, and Mr. Gibson, you know, hugging it out in the good section of the good, bad, and the ugly.
0: I'm going to go uh, for my bad with Adley Rutschman. It's a bummer, but uh, as you mentioned, he's 0 for a million. I'm curious. Do you think it's just a regular slump that players go through? Or do you think it might be some overuse in the first part of the schedule? No, I think it's
1: just just a bad part of the schedule. Well, Um,
0: then my bad is Adley Rutschman being mortal after all. That's not supposed to be allowed.
1: Yeah. Uh, My bad for this week is going to go to Grayson Rodriguez. Um, You know, Orioles gave him a hefty lead um, in Kansas City. And— you know he, you know, let the Royals kind of sneak back into it and wasn't able to go deep into the game. Um, so only went two, three and two thirds innings. So, you know, this is the lessons that you learn. But you would think, you know, with Grayson in that situation, that he's going to take the advantage and say, "All right, my team grifted me a lead. I'm going to basically make sure that I can go at least six innings. Not being able to go six innings, big deal. He gets my bad for the week.
0: All right, my ugly is going to be. The fact that we are experiencing our first taste of adversity, and we're not handling it well. Of course, I'm talking about the players on the field, but also giving a side eye to the fans in the stands, or at the keyboards. I'll say this. Baseball is a game of failure. There's going to be adversity. You have to be tough enough for it, or else this isn't the game for you. So, my ugly? Our reaction on the field, off the field,
1: the first taste of, uh, of adversity. Yeah. And my ugly is going to go to, and we already kind of talked about it earlier this week or earlier in this episode, it's the runners in scoring position standpoint. Sure. The team was so close to really dominating that, 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 uh, that break series. You know, Ben McDonald kept talking about it Sunday, specifically the third inning and the fourth inning and how the Orioles missed opportunities to put themselves ahead and change the dynamic of that entire game. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, we can look at Saturday's game, we can look at Sunday's game and we can look at this evening's game against the Rays. And I think it's a matter that, you know, comes in perspective saying the Orioles are so close to being an absolutely dominant team. Um, but the runners in scoring position is something that is extremely ugly and it's something we're going to have to keep an eye on. Um, we talked about this last year with the Baltimore Orioles and runners in scoring position as well, where the Orioles went through these, we'll call it, struts of, like, really great offensive performance, no offensive performance. Um, And all teams go through this. It's a question of how quickly they can rebound from even just going into mediocrity. You know, 2 for 28 or 2 for 29, whatever teams turn out to be, is not mediocrity. But even if you can hit for a 200, you know, batting average um, with, you know, runners in scoring position, that's still going to win you games. So I want to see how quickly the Orioles can turn this page and get away from this you know rut um, and again there's not going to be a harder test than going against the rays and potentially the pirates um, on this basis to try to figure out you know how to get your bats back so best of luck but right now it's ugly in terms of that offense performance with runners in scoring position all right well with that um why don't we go ahead and uh, take a little quick break and uh, let's go ahead and blow the save
0: Point. Even. okay i did a little bit of research what before the show started not a lot not as much as i had wanted to right. but i
1: did a little bit of research right so you figured out what songs to take off the white apple <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: i'm, I'm way at way you ahead on of ahead of that. that one uh i want to talk about the times they are changing okay or are they okay a lot of changes have been made to the rule book to make the games faster. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. You were you were up in arms about this whole aspect of uh, destroying baseball. <laughs> are they? Destroying baseball? Making the games shorter. Um I think they're if you take a look at a large enough sample size, yes, but maybe not for Orioles baseball.
0: Globally, they absolutely are. Yeah.
1: And and I will
0: say that I have only I've I've looked at a very small sample size of about 10, 11 games. Pardon me?
1: Small sample size.
0: Small sample size. Thank small you. Uh, last t- ten or eleven games. Sure. You're looking at an average mm-hmm. of two hours and fifty two minutes. All right. Now that sounds great for you. I, I will say. I will say that in there is the twelve inning game. Sure. Right. Which, which exceeded three hours. Yeah. But three and a half hours, give or take. Uh, th- three twenty nine. Okay. Think, that's fine. Yeah. What it was. But I, I will say that if the point of all this was to shorten the games. Mm-hmm. I think all that's happened is that the bleeding has stopped. Mm-hmm. Right. That games have, have stopped averaging over three hours. That it's, yes. it's stopped creeping, you know, forward closer to to four hours. But I think Looking at that, and again, I, I look forward to sure. a, a wider sample size not only for the Orioles right. in their own particular So what plate, you're saying
1: is we need to see the Red Sox and the Yankees play on ESPN on Sunday night to see how this actually progresses.
0: Yeah, but I, I think there's also some marketing there too. Sure. Right, especially to old stodgy folks like me. Yeah. Where, you know, hey, we're not trying to make this an a hour and 50-minute game. Yeah. Right? We're we're trying to keep it right in the sweet spot. Yeah, exactly. And I think, uh, I think what we're seeing is probably that. Yes. So it's something that I'm gonna keep an eye on. I, I will, told you not to worry about this and you were all old man yelling at clouds. Uh, the the only thing that I've gotten old man yelling at clouds about is the ghost runners. Oh, that, you do hate the ghost that runners. That is the one that makes yeah. me nuts. Livid. I've I've tried my my darndest Your to be darndest and open open minded about um the pitch clock. Yeah. I think that there are some tweaks that are coming in the next few years. So they'll, they'll figure sure. out some, yeah. some of the... the they'll,
1: they'll balance it out a second here, a second there, and stuff like that.
0: I'll tell you what I almost did for Fantasy Boss. Mm-hmm. I almost uh, tried to come up with either an over or under for the number of violations Ooh, for like the that. week. But according to my thin mm-hmm. research... I think we've only had one batter violation this season, which was Austin uh, Hayes. We think
1: we had one batter, and then we had one pitcher this week, I know that much, because it was... Oh, I'm saying for the season. Oh, oh yeah, I understand. Um, but yeah, we haven't had that many, is the best way to describe it. Um, and it was really just a handful of, of pitchers, like correct. four or five. It was weird this week. I can't remember who it was. It might have been... It wasn't Tyler Wells. It might have been Ballman off the top of my head. Um... Where it was, he went up O two, and then he caught his breath and said, "I'm going to hold off. I'm going to take the pitch clock violation because I don't want to rush the pitch." And then he throws again and gets the out. Which I'm like, actually, that's not a bad play just to say I'm going to take the break. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I think everyone was losing their minds, uh, you know, coming into the season about all the massive changes. And I don't think you know the elimination of the shift has made that much of a difference. I don't think the bigger base passes made that much of a difference. Um, I think the pitch clock has helped slightly by reducing times. You know, um, I think you know beer vendors um, are still well paid. Um, I think beer (laughs) distribution is still doing very well in stadiums. Um, So yeah, like I said, it's it's still the same game that we all love. Um, Just be polished a little bit is the best way to put it.
0: All right, we'll continue we'll continue to do just the barest amount of preparation on this and every other topic. And that, that is our show. Remember, you can find this in our entire catalog of
1: indispensable episodes at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. Birdseyeview is available for download wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. And please remember to rate and review the show We appreciate the feedback and encourages other people to listen for the first time
0: come and get social with us you can email us at contact at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com you can find us all over social media we're on instagram facebook snapchat we're on the ticks and the talks but the best place to get a hold of us is on twitter where we tweet at
1: birdseyeviewbam
0: and with that baltimore and beyond i will bid you all a fond
1: adieu adieu good night baltimore go get a hit with a runner in scoring position and let's go O's.